0: No fish have been harmed in the making of this podcast. Thank you for joining in on Talking Bass in PDX. This is the Bass and Warm Water Forum where we talk fishing in the Northwest. Hi, I'm Don Clark and I'll be your host. You know, at this year's Sportsman Show here in Portland, Oregon, I ran into two folks that I m- really enjoy visiting with, and they are really good anglers. I will have Chuck Ciccarelli and Mark Bush on in just a few minutes, and you all may be asking, well, who are they? Well, many of us have a place for everything, and everything in its place on a boat. My boat's no different. But if you are looking To put the best products for organizing your boat, for using your boat, you are going to want to take a look at Fish Fighter products. They are a must-have on your boat, and they have come up with a lot of new products, including products for bass boats and for walleye fishermen. I checked in on their website, and I love what they had to say. They're inventors, manufacturers, distributors, and they're the ones that won't let you down. They build the best equipment that they possibly can. Let's get to the interview with the owner of Fish Fighter Products, Chuck Ciccarelli. Chuck, I'd like to welcome you to the podcast today. Thank you for coming on again. You know, it's been a couple of years since you've been on the podcast, so I look forward to getting caught up with all the product that you've got.
1: Yeah, me too. I'm excited to share it. Been a busy two years.
0: Yes, I can imagine. Well, folks, we've got uh, Chuck from Fish Fighter Products on the line. A couple of years ago, if you check back in the podcast, you will notice I had him on again. I got to meet up with Chuck at the Portland Sportsman Show here uh, this past month, and I noticed that their line has expanded quite a bit. Chuck, can you give us a history on how you got involved with this?
1: And I have to be careful, Don, because I, I can go long on this, but the, the short version is is that I started making accessories for my boat. My uh, at that point it was a jet boat, and ran a lot of whitewater. And people would come up to me on the river, and uh, buy want to buy some of the accessories that I built for my boat. You know, I knew we had a winter when we were 60 miles up the Salmon River, and a guy, you know, which is the the only way to get up there is by jet boat, helicopter, or pack mule. <laughs> And the guy pulled up and he goes, hey, you're that guy that makes that stuff and and bought some stuff off of me in the middle of nowhere. So we've just been kind of improving on it. And then uh, another thing that kind of led to the big start of Fish Fighter is going over on that Columbia River trying to anchor in the hog line. It can be quite embarrassing to not be able to anchor successfully and drop back into that line. So I really set out with our crew to design a very good anchor that would really hold time and time again and kind of evolved that into what I call precision anchoring. And then we've just kind of grown from there. We just keep going out and adding more and more products, and uh, here we are today.
0: Yeah, folks, you've got it. if you need products for your boat, you've got to jump on the, the Fish Fighter website and take a look. The one thing that I have noticed with everything that Chuck and his company builds, it is top quality. You're, you're buying absolutely the best, and you're buying something that's made here in America. Chuck, tell me a little bit about your rail system that you that you have for for boats.
1: Yeah, that's right now that's our number one selling product line, and that's our sliding rail system. We call it our SRS system. Basically, that system allows you to bolt our aluminum rail onto your boat gunnels. We offer them in two-foot, three-foot, and six-foot sections. And once you've bolted them onto your gunnel, we make a host of products that will slide on and off of them. So you can move your uh, rod risers, your rod holders anywhere on the boat that you want we have barbecue grills with uh, holders we have fillet table mounts Uh, we have rod risers we have boat uh, uh, buoy cleats that clamp in and out and and it's just an incredible system and in fact if you were here today we we have a a lund boat in the r&d department right now we're actually making an adapter to fit all of the lund rail systems as well
0: Wow, that that is great. Now, you were telling me right before we came on the line about System for Downscope. Is that right?
1: Yeah. The live sonar, um, it's quite a game changer. <laughs> I, the first time I was exposed to that live sonar, I, I told my friends that I'm worried about our fisheries. <laughs> it's so deadly when you use it properly. So actually, um, Eric Stevens with Stevens Marine reached out to me. And at about the same time, uh, Cameron Black, who's a fishing guide and uh, with Addicted, he reached out and both simultaneously talking to me about the need for this to make a good live sonar mount that was affordable but also worked really well and that would meet certain qualifications that we need uh, for trolling for salmon as well as being able to swing out the side if you're bass fishing or side drifting. Um, so we spent about close to a year developing this thing with them guys and testing it, and now we have our new um, SRS live sonar mount on our website, and we're, we're very thrilled with it, and the public response has just been overwhelming. I I think it's the next big thing.
0: Well, I think the thing that has so dramatically changed over the past couple of years is that you have moved from uh, the salmon and steelhead uh, group to bass fishing, walleye fishing, uh, kokanee fishing. You've got something on here for everybody. I was just looking at your quick mount system and I am assuming that is for Minn Kota. Tell us a little bit about that system.
1: Yeah, um, what we developed is really it's an upgraded version of the Minkota mount, but we call it our quick mount system, and it starts with a puck, a plastic puck that you bolt on the bow of your boat, which will allow you to put on your Minkota or motor guide. It fits almost every trolling motor out there. And then you can come home, pull the pin, take that off, and then you can put on our anchor nest. It interchanges. And we're right now we're developing a ladder that so you can interchange those three all on our puck and pin system. And what's really nice about ours is ours is about the only one that will hold up to the the high thrust trolling motors with like the 72-inch shaft because there's so much torque on the front of the boat when that motor is running back and forth. And we embed a, an aluminum plate into our mount so it don't won't tear off the front of the boat. It, it's it's just an exceptional uh, piece of equipment. It's probably one of the first things I would recommend to anybody to install on their boat.
0: Well, I can tell you, I bought my boat several years ago, the, the dealership um installed my Minn Kota motor and like you said it's got that big shaft on it and it's a uh, 24 volt system you know it moves my boat around a lot but you know I, I've always wanted to be able to take that motor off and this system just looks absolutely uh, like it is going to be the greatest thing so if you're if you've got a Minn Kota motor on the front of your boat I highly recommend that you look at one of these now I recall in the past that you, some of your products were available right in the Portland metro area at the retail markets. Are they still available? Yeah, Stevens
1: Marine is is one of our largest um, distributors. Uh, Portland Marine Electronics also carries some of our products. Um, you know, and we have other dealers around. And and really, I would prefer if you're local to shop local.
0: Well, that yeah, that's that's always. Uh, a nice thing is to, you know, if you can go to your local store and, and uh, stop in there and visit with those folks at uh, Stevens Marine, nice folks, uh, they will uh, they will show you some of the products. The one thing I want folks to do is if they do or if they're looking for one of these products, you know, go down and look at the quality of them because every time I look at any of Chuck's products, I am just amazed at uh, at how well that they are built. Now, one of On the... We,
1: well, I was just going to insert that when we build our products, we like to refer to them as generational products, products that are going to last a generation, multiple generations, you know, things that you can be handed down over and over. And you also got to understand that, like, our stuff is for really hardcore fishermen uh, or fisher women, if you will. Like Austin Moser, uh, he fishes close to 300 days a year so he's just pounding our products you know what i mean and and a big portion of the guides in oregon and washington are running our products so they use them day in and day out and they just put them through i mean just a lot of torture and our stuff holds up it's really really good stuff
0: well in addition to that you know i was on austin's boat uh when he just picked it up and it was uh you know still pretty new but The one thing that I saw, it was completely outfitted with all of your product on it. It made fishing so much easier. You've got places to put things. They sit in their place. When we moved around, it was great. Now, I've been kind of holding this one up a little bit because uh, I saw this product at uh, at the show, and it is just unbelievable. This will work on bass boats. This will work on your multi-species boat. The boat seat backpack, to me, looks like one of the greatest things you guys have come out with. Tell us a little bit more about that, and how did you come up with it?
1: Yeah, so um, I was fishing with a guide. Um, his name is Mark over in Oregon at the show, or actually at the uh, a fish camp that we we're all at, and uh, his friend had made a a, kind of a version like this, um, but it was missing quite a few things. We just sat down, talked to Mark and talked to some other guides and talked to people about what they would like to see, you know, in this backpack. One of the things that we've all decided is that, you know, on most boats, there's just no good place to store life jackets and sweatshirts, especially these open boats, you know, when you're running up and down the river. So we designed this backpack to fit on the back of your boat seat. And it gives you a spot to store your life jacket. We made it big enough that you could put a sweatshirt in there. It's got a zipper on it to hold a cell phone. You know, sunflower seeds, your potato chips, whatever you have, it, it, it zips inside of a mesh bag. And so everything stays contained in one seat. And doesn't cost a lot of money. And uh, these things are just selling like hotcakes right now. People just love them.
0: When I saw it, I was absolutely like in awe because I actually a couple of years ago I contacted a um, a canvas manufacturer. They had built the canvas for for the top of my boat, and I said, Hey, can you build me something that'll fit over my seat so I can throw stuff in it? And they said, Sure. And I went and picked it up. They were so proud of it because it's completely all canvas. And I was like, okay. And I put it on there. And, and I have to tell you, uh, I have never shown it to anybody. It 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 hangs. It doesn't uh, it doesn't strap down to the seat. But I never put a life preserver in it because it was all canvas. And I thought, boy, all I got to do is put. One of my two or three hundred dollar life jackets in there, and it's damp inside there, and it is going to blow up right inside that thing.
1: I was just going to say we have a mesh bottom on ours, so the moisture's out. And then the second side of the mesh bottom is when you get on the boat. Like I run a tiller boat, so when I'm at the back of the boat and I'm looking forward, I can look at all the seats and I know instantly that they all have a life jacket in them.
0: Oh, because that's... it's visual. Very good. I was thinking from keeping my life jacket dry, or or when I get done at the end of the day and I want to put it in there, it'll dry out through the day because you know sometimes you do spot persp- you know you perspiration that kind of thing on the that you get on there. So I just think that uh, everybody should have two of these on their boat, one on each of the, the seats in the front, and and they can put their stuff in there, and I think it'll be. It'll be just such a, a more organized boat because of that.
1: Well, I was just going to say, um, you can easily move it from boat to boat. You know, if you're using it almost like a backpack, if you're going to go fishing with somebody, you can take your backpack and snap it on their seat. Uh, works great in Jeeps. It, it really, any um, high-back or low-back bucket-style seat, this thing's going to snap right into
0: Yeah, it is, uh, it's a must-have. I, 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 I'm going to be talking about this, uh, this seat back for the rest of the year because I just think that it, is, that it is that neat. Now, you know, one of the other things that I noticed, and and I i have have fought with this particular problem pretty much since I owned my boat, is having a trash can. And I have seen everybody has come up with an idea, and, and I don't particularly care for any of them. Tell me about some of the trash cans that you guys are coming up with for boats.
1: We make... <laughs> The the first trash can we came out with was, uh, we call it the El Dookie. And it's a trash can-toilet combination. And that really came about um, for my wife to be able to go out on the boat and have some place to go to the restroom. And it's something that a lot of ladies have actually come up and given me hugs at the trade show because now they can go fishing with their husbands. It's a trash can that converts into a toilet.
0: Oh well, you know my wife's the same way. She she doesn't like to go out unless she says, okay, let's time the trip so that we can come back because I need to come back to the dock. I'm like, okay.
1: Yeah, this the El Duki works great. I mean, normal uh, situations it's a trash can. When you when the Nita calls you calls you just snap down the toilet seat out of the top of the lid and there's a bucket in the bottom and and it works great. Then we also just came out with what we call the captain's trash can which is a really small trash can to put for me on the tiller boat i put it at the back of the boat so that i've got a little place to put my sandwich bags you know or that little piece of fishing line rather than having to get up and walk to the front of the boat and, and you know it always seems like the bigger trash can's up towards the front of the boat so that thing's working out really good as well and then we make an intermediate trash can that's just a trash can um that's a little more price sensitive than the other ones.
0: Yeah, those are those. I, I'm just clicking through them. So, um, you know, I, I, I you just have come up with so many great products here this last couple of years that uh, if you're if you're out there on the water, you have got to jump on the Fish fighter products.
1: Did website. you see our seat box that goes under your seat with a slide out tackle
0: tray? I did I did see that, and I tried <laughs> to go buy it so that I wouldn't click on it. Um, you know, and especially yeah, they're uh, especially some of these boats where you don't have any storage space. You know, this would you could change out your seat box and and um, and and you've got it right there. Tell tell us more about that.
1: Well, and and that really evolved, uh, you know, on my boat being out there at buoy ten. You know, when you're you're in some pretty big water, you're trying to you know keep your lines in the water. You know, uh, when the bite is on. And it got very annoying to me. Most of these open boats, you, if somebody's sitting in the seat, you have to say, could you please get out of the seat? And they stand up. Then you lay the seat over. You get down on your knees, and you pull all of your boxes out, and you rip through your tackle, put them back, you know, and, and go backwards. So we developed a seat box. You just push a button, slide the tray out, and all your Plano boxes are stacked nicely and you, the customer or your friends don't even have to get out of the seat to gain access to it. Um, it's it's a complete game changer, if you ask me, and the fishing guides that are using it. They, that's, that's the one thing they say over and over is that it's a complete game changer. And nobody can believe that it hasn't been developed
0: yet. <laughs> no, you know, I, I was sitting there looking at it, and, and I have to be honest, I have not seen one before. Now, what's the. Yeah, um, I don't
1: think anything exists. I think we were the absolute originators.
0: Now, I always have to touch on your cutting tables, your fillet tables, though, because, like I said, I fished on Austin's boat, and at the end of the day, we got to use it. Those things are so awesome. Tell us a little bit about how they work and where they snap onto.
1: Yeah, well, our fillet tables, we have two sizes a large and a small and they snap right into our sliding rail system. Um, everything interchanges with our system. And if you notice, I use the word system because to us it's a complete system on, on how you keep your rods and tackle and everything organized and how you use it. And then on top of our fillet table, I really like the fillet-away fish mats. Conan and uh, Pete make those up in Washington, and I just think it's a fabulous product. So we designed our fillet tables to work in conjunction with their fillet away mats.
0: Yeah, and that's right on your website. So if, po- if folks want to see them, they can uh, they can jump on the site and and uh, and take a look at them.
1: Well, are there... Yeah, we like to say we're uh, we're the we're the uh, fishing nor- the Northwest fishing's best kept secret. <laughs>
0: Oh, I think, I think your secret's going to get out. I'm afraid your secret's going to get out there. So we've touched on a lot of products here, Chuck. What is one of your favorites?
1: Well, hands down, the sliding rail system, because it just allows you so much versatility when you have it installed in your boat. Once you mount our rails, everything we make interchanges. I was talking to a fishing guide the other day who's using our stuff, and I said, I said Cameron, how do you how did you fish without our sliding rail? Because if any of you have ever trolled for salmon, you know, you're know you normally running anywhere from a 4-foot to a 24-inch leader uh, for your bait. Then you usually have a flasher, a 24-inch bumper, and then a, a, a big sinker. And you're trying to bring 6 or 7 feet of gear into the boat and stow it, and we make a system, our tackle tender, where you bring in the bait, sets in a tray, then your flasher stores, then your sinker stores, and your fishing rod. And I said, how did you do it before we came out with this? And he says, honestly, I can't even remember. But it was a mess. So I think that's the thing that I'm probably the most proudest of right now is is definitely our sliding rail system. And we're really seeing a huge opportunity for us as we enter into The pontoon boat market and the walleye fishermen, it's really starting to resonate with them. And that's why we're spending so much of our R&D time right now developing systems to fit that Lund track, that little half-inch slot that they build into the side of their boats. We're making adapters so you can easily adapt our rail system to their boats. And we see that as just an incredible emerging market.
0: Well, that is great, and I look forward to using some of your products, and I look forward to seeing you out on the water again.
1: Yeah, same here. And, you know, the one thing that I want everybody to know that's listening is, you know, we are a small company, and every time you buy something from us, we sound a bell in our shop so that everybody knows we have more work for the day. So, um we truly thank you, and we're very appreciative of, of every dollar that you spend with us, and um, that's how we feed our families, so I'm very thankful for that.
0: Chuck, thanks for stopping by. Take care, Don. I know that Chuck's very busy, but I'd like to thank him for his time. Also, I would like to thank the team at Lunker Tech for partnering with Talking Bass and PDX. Let's hear a little bit more about Lunker Tech Rods. Lunkertech offers custom fishing rods shipped anywhere within the U.S. and local rod repair from Southwest Washington to the Willamette Valley of Oregon. Lunkertech's goal is to work with you to build a rod fit to meet your unique needs. They also offer pre-built rod options that have the same quality components as their custom rods. Built on a foundation of providing education, Lunkertech strives to help you learn, grow and share your knowledge To help build the next generation of fishermen. Visit Lunkertech.com to join their email list and get updates about pre-build rod releases, coupons, and educational content. Also learn more about the education they provide through their virtual angler learning center. Visit Lunkertech.com Well, next on the podcast is Mark Bush and if you get to talk to Mark you just will enjoy visiting with him. Mark is a guy who loves the outdoors and in 2004 the military brought him out here to the northwest and he's been hooked on salmon and steelhead and now he's added walleye to his list of services Mark began guiding over 10 years ago and he truly enjoys watching others catch fish so let's get to it, and let's talk to Mark about all types of fishing, including walleye fishing. Hey, on the podcast today with me is Mark of Twisted Waters Guide Service. Mark, welcome to the podcast.
2: Good to be here. Thank you.
0: Yeah, you know, we met a couple of years ago at a uh, an event up uh, around, the, around the Dalles, and and um, one of the things that, uh, that did happen during that, uh, that week-long event was I got to go fishing with you. And I have to say that it was one of the most impressive uh, trips that I had ever taken. And we'll talk more about that as we get further into the interview. But I wanted you to kind of throw out a little history about yourself, talk a little bit about how you got to guiding.
2: 20, oh, shoot, probably 18, um, I, I really started focusing in on guiding full-time. And that's when I moved, you know, started the process of moving down to the Dell so I could be next to the Columbia. Um, I retired uh, from the Army in 2013, and uh, this this is my retirement job. So that, that's uh, – I started guiding in 20, 2010, and I've been guiding for 13 years now. And, you know, I, I, I got put into an office job uh, – Towards the end of my military career, and I decided that my weekends needed to be filled with uh, taking some people fishing.
0: Well, very good. And by the way, thank you for your service. I, uh, I appreciate anyone. I appreciate anyone who has uh, uh, served in the military uh, or a first responder. Oh, thank you, know, you, as very you much. As you had moved down to the Dalles, and now you're right on the Columbia River. Now I know that uh, that you do a fair amount of guiding for salmon. How long have you been guiding for walleye on the Columbia?
2: I've been guiding for walleye on the Columbia for about five years now.
0: You know, is that something that you enjoy kind of switching over from one species to another?
2: I, I enjoy that. I also think it's kind of a necessity with some of the things that are going on with our fisheries right now. Um, walleye is a very, you know, they're not going to close the walleye season. There's no limit on them. Uh, there's no size limit, no bag limit it's open year round the regulatory system that we have between oregon and washington that is probably the most dependable season that we have between march april and may at the end of may um that that i can find uh we don't have to worry about it being closed we don't have to worry about it getting reduced to uh no bait or you know whatever else the the uh the departments come up with, uh, walleye is uh, uh, stable uh, for a fishery in this area.
0: Well, that's absolutely true. And um, it is an interesting fish to go after because they're a little elusive at times. They move. Tell me a little bit about your techniques and how you're fishing for them.
2: Well, primarily I troll for them. Uh, I think that's the most consistent way to fish for walleye. Uh, I can cover uh, different water depths uh, on the same day. I can go, you know, you know, go through the entire water column and find where those fish are hanging. And I can go, I usually start out at 17, go down to 40, and then just keep crisscrossing back and forth as I go down the river, covering water and finding where those fish are lying out.
0: Well, yeah, they they can move around, they can move up and down. Now, here's one of the things that I found very interesting about Mark when I was fishing with him. There are no secrets on his boats, you know. On his boat, you know, a lot of times guides will put you in the seat, they'll throw the line down, they go, okay, stay right there, and then they're they're out uh, moving around. But you don't seem to be like that. You you let people kind of uh, get the line in the water themselves and and kind of deal with things. Uh, on their own, although you're there to answer their questions. I'm
2: I'm there to help. I'm definitely there to assist and to be the guide. But I I believe that people need to catch their own fish, set their own hook. Uh, you know, it's and not get frustrated with it and just say, well, hey, if you know, try this next time instead of uh, you know. I I believe in you know. It's it's more of a rewarding experience for the client if. They're more involved, is what I've found.
0: Well, I think many of my listeners know that I've gone with, with several guides over the years, and the one thing that I will have to say about your boat over anybody else's boat that I've ever gone in—it's a very relaxed atmosphere all the time, no matter what we were doing. And I want to compliment you on that because that was that was great fun. Uh,
2: thank you very much. I appreciate the compliment.
0: So now, um, for folks that are interested in walleye fishing on your boat, what area of the Columbia River are you on? Well,
2: primarily between uh, uh, the John Day Dam and uh, the Dalles Dam. I do go down below into the uh, the Dalles area. I'll launch from the Dalles every now and then if they're not, you know, if that's where the fish are, uh, then that's where I go. Um, I am going to be expanding up into the Arlington area and, and coming down from there. Um, but, that, of course, I'm going to test run that and find out where they're, where they're hanging out before I'll take clients up there. But I, I think it's uh, important to kind of know, know a little bit more water than just the, just the one boat launch I usually launch from.
0: Yeah, that's, that's important to go and check it out. Uh, I have fished all the areas that you've just described. And um, you know, like you said, there are fish to be had. You just have to know where they're where they're hanging out.
2: There, uh, there's plenty of smallmouth in all the areas that I just you know that you know as well as I do, uh, Arlington down to the mouth of the click of that, There is no shortage of smallmouth bass too.
0: No, absolutely. And you know, even if you're trolling uh, along the uh, along the edges there. Uh, incidental catches—you will definitely come into some really nice smallmouth. I believe that the fight on a smallmouth is uh, twice as much fun uh, as a walleye. Not as good of eating, but twice as much fun. And you know, occasionally, I don't know if you guys have hit them or not, but we get into uh, channel catfish out there too.
2: There, we've hooked into uh, one or two. I haven't really caught many channel cats, but. Um, the uh there's another fish with whiskers down there too that likes to chase down a worm harness every now and then. And uh they uh they put up a really good fight. Uh we hooked into one I, last year. I don't know how big he was, but he was pulling us around for a little while.
0: Oh, absolutely. There are some dinosaurs down there and every once in a while you'll catch one of those and yes, they they will give your boat a little ride if they pull you around. There are some big ones. Now what I've noticed on, uh, especially on uh, on some of the channel catfish, seem to be more up toward Boardman uh, than down low. So that I, I think because there is a better food source up there. But but uh,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know at least at least you're not catching a lot of them. Now one of the things I always like to ask because in my boat I have a slot limit. So like I like the walleye to be somewhere 16 to 22 inches. Do you do the same type of thing on your boat?
2: Absolutely. Uh, anything over twenty-two, I ask people to to put it back. It's their fish. I'm not going to tell them that they have to, but uh, I I just ask politely if they would mind putting that back in the water. That's our brood stock. As long as they're not hooked in the gills and bleeding, uh, of course. If they're going to die anyway, they're going to go in the in the cooler. But uh, I. I ask people to put them back if it's if it's okay with them.
0: Yeah, I mean, some great pictures and, uh, you know, having them holding the fish and that kind of thing. They get all excited about it, but, you know, at the end of the day, that is the broodstock, as you said. And, and uh, in addition to that, those real big fish are not terribly tasty to eat. They're okay, but they're not the greatest. So that's great to hear that you're also out there helping keep your um, – your stock going and keeping that fishery alive? Because I think, I think we can all agree that, uh, you know, when you look at some of the other fisheries out there, the reason that they're not doing very good is because we caught most of them.
2: Well, I, I also think that, uh, we, you know, as fishermen, as, as anglers, uh, and guides, and I think the entire walleye community kind of needs to, a look at what we're doing and uh i limit people to you know between five and ten fish depending on how many uh how many people are on the boat and the conditions and everything and then uh not over harvesting even the small ones and like anything under 14 is going to go back uh, and you you flay it out and you get a maybe a fish stick so <laughs> it's kind of so why why do that you know we can throw those things back in and, and catch them next year.
0: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Now tell me a little bit about the gear that you're using as far as what kind of um, fishing rod are folks going to be using, line, that kind of thing. I, I'm not trying to give up your secrets on, on what you're tying up for your, um, uh, your lure, but uh, tell folks a little bit about what they're going to be using.
2: Well, I prefer using a reel that it doesn't have a line counter. Um, I, the Abu Garcia Ambassadors in a 5500 series, they hold plenty of line, um, and uh, it's, a, it's a dependable reel. Um, I'm using some Daiwa low profile uh, without the line counters. Um, and the reason for not having the line counters is so that uh, you're relying on the feel of that bottom walker ticking the, the sand and gravel. Um, instead of like, hey, let it out to we're in say 30 feet of water, let it out to 40. Um, I I don't want to go by a you know number on a on a dial. I want I want the the angler to feel that weight picking the bottom. Uh, the rods, um, I I'm kind of pleased to announce that I'm uh, signed up with Harrod Outdoors. And uh, we are going to be using uh, transitioning into using their rods, but it's a kind of a medium action rod. Um, it's a seven foot rod. It's got a very very sensitive tip uh, and plenty of backbone, uh, you know, to get a really good hook set. Uh, well, line. Um, the the line is we're using a 20 pound braid.
0: Uh, for, uh, for that. Well that's really interesting that you you're one of the few people that I've talked to and I fish the same way personally uh, you're not using a line counter so you're again it's not like it's not like uh, you're taking somebody out and saying fish this and here's the number and that's all I want you to do. You're letting people get their line down there. Uh, For those folks who don't know what a bottom walker is, it it looks like an uh, an upside-down L. It's got some weight on the bottom of it with a little uh, one foot uh, sticking down uh, or a little peg sticking down, and it's hopping along the bottom so so it'll keep your lure down there. That feeling, getting it down there, and especially in the Columbia River, there's some current, so you kind of have to work at this a little bit. Um, But once you get your line set, uh, you can you can kind of watch it and you'll see it hopping along. Now, I think you can agree with me on this one, Mark. You don't have to set the hook on a walleye; it will set it itself.
2: Yeah, yeah. You don't want to. You're not trying to hit the upper duck at Wrigley Field by any means. Um, I do have my people give just a little little tug, um, and that's because there's a lot of smallmouth, and uh, you do want to give a little bit of a hook set for those just in case.
0: Oh, that's very true. Yeah, you do. Yeah, if you get if you got yourself a smallmouth, you you know you do want to get it hooked so that you can get it in the boat and get it uh, uh, get your line back in the water because you, you're looking for for walleye. Now, you know when we do get our walleye, now you know there, there's there's some, some cleaning to them. So, as part of your service, are you are you also cleaning their fish when they come in?
2: Absolutely, I I uh, I them out and. Uh, a, a couple older gentlemen showed me how to do a what they call the zipper fillet, and uh, you, you take the rib bones out, you take the meat off the skin, and then where the lateral line is, there's kind of a little seam in the upper and lower part of the meat. Make a little slit in there, and you can split the two halves of the, of the fillet apart, and the rib bones on a walleye, or not the rib bones, but the pin bones, are going to stay either on the top half or the bottom half, and you can take those pin bones right out with an easy slice of the fillet
0: knife. Absolutely. That is a secret that I learned uh, many years ago and uh, changes the entire complexion of that fillet because now you have a perfect fillet, uh, very firm, you know, cook it the way you like it and uh, and enjoy. So that that's a great little uh, service that you're providing. Now, one of the things that I wanted to talk about a little bit, I'm an older guy, so, you know, it wasn't any problem in my boat, but what do you do with younger folks or, or folks that may not be very maneuverable?
2: Um, I kind of, I uh, that's one of the things that's kind of near and dear to me. I love getting kids out, uh, keeping them, you know, entertained can be a, a little bit of a challenge sometimes. Uh, but when I, when I take families out that have, uh, children, uh, especially, you know, 10 and under, um, I encourage them to, if, if you want it to be a day with no electronics, then that's the day that you want to have. And, you know, the, the, you know, keep the kids off the iPhone or, or whatever. But uh, um, I encourage people to uh, bring some stuff with the, with the you know, younger kids to just keep them entertained. Bring a book if they're into books. Uh, you know, have some have an activity for them to do uh, while they're out there because there's times when it can last a while. Um, I also volunteer with an org- organization called Youth Outdoors Unlimited, and they sponsor kids on uh, hunting or fishing trips. Uh, the kids have to be um, disabled or have a life-threatening illness. And uh, I've taken a, a bunch of kids out um, on on fishing trips, and uh, keeping them entertained is, is kind of cool.
0: Well, that is that is great to hear, and I, I... Do appreciate that you're that you're giving back to the community but what I really like hearing is is that somebody who's coming on your boat the experience that they're gonna gain is not just um, you know for the lack of a better term a boat ride you're actually going to be showing them some things that they could be doing you know they're mm-hmm. gonna be they're gonna be relying on the rod uh, it's gonna be their catch or not uh, I know that uh, when I was out fishing with you and we hooked into a couple of salmon. I saw at least one person lose one, and, uh, you know, maybe it was their fault, maybe not. It, maybe it got off on its own. But uh, I know that when I got mine on, uh, it was, uh, you know, it was like, hey, it's all up to you if you're going to get this thing into the boat. So I really appreciated <laughs> that. <laughs> I appreciate that when I go out with somebody, you know, where they're like, hey, I'll, I'll get you to the fish, but now you've got to do the work. So that was, that was great.
2: Yeah, and that's one of the things I do with sturgeon too. If if I'm doing catch and release sturgeon, I tell people, "If you hand me that rod, I'm breaking that fish off." If I wanted to go to the gym, I'd buy a membership.
0: <laughs> Very good. Yeah, you know, they uh, the, you know, sturgeon can be a long fight. It, it, you know, it doesn't come up easy. They've uh,
2: Yep. So no, you know, have in mind what you're signing up for when you do that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, let's talk about that a little bit now. This is coming out uh, in March. You know, we're we're right in the middle of March. This is going to this this program be coming out next week. If folks want to come out walleye fishing with you, tell us a little bit about what you've got going on and how long and how do they get a hold of you?
2: Well, uh, they can get a hold of me through my uh, Facebook page, uh, Twisted Waters Guide Service, Mark Bush. Um, they can call me at two five three. Four six eight zero six one zero. That's probably the best way to get a hold of me is just give me a phone call and uh, um, yeah, we we'll, I'll get you in the book. Um, I for walleye I, I, I give an eight-hour day, um, and unless we're you know unless people are just so tired of my jokes that I have to take them to the to the boat ramp, um, and I, you you had to do that once and <laughs> you suffered through it.
0: I made it. I made it.
2: (laughs) You you made it. You live to tell the story. Uh, Right. um, And uh, right now, um, I'm starting up my walleye here in uh, the next few days. And we're going to be launching from Rufus uh, at the boat launch at Rufus. And then uh, fishing below the John Day Dam and uh, just kind of trolling around, finding where the fish are. This year, the water temperature is lower than it normally is so i'm expecting the fish to be really really deep and the the uh, few you know and the other few guides that i have been talking to about this they're saying that these fish are just they're they're way deep right now but uh as the water warms up they're going to be coming up into the shallower water and um it, it's i i predict that it's going to be a pretty good year
0: uh, I believe you're right. I think it is going to be a really good year and I think that uh, it is a little cooler than it has been, but uh, you will you know those fish will start to stir here pretty quick. so uh, so I would uh, I would get on that phone and uh, and get get a hold of mark if you want to go out fishing. I will add the website, your Facebook page, and your phone number into my show notes. So folks, if you're listening to the podcast, you want to go out with Mark, just go down to the show notes, and his phone number and information will be there, and you can you can contact him. Now, the other thing I wanted to talk to you about, Mark, is you don't just walleye fish all year uh, round. I wish you did, but you do other things. Tell tell us a little bit about all the other services that you that you offer, where you go, and and, and that type of thing.
2: Well, I'm going to be doing walleye until the end of May. Uh, then I'm going to transition. I've got uh, 11 days in June. The first 11 days in June, I'm going to be doing shad, uh, and that those prices are or the those trips are half price. And you got to bring a kid. You you've, you've got to have somebody that's 14 years or younger with you to get that discount. Um, we're going to be going down to below Bonneville and uh, capitalizing on the millions of shad that are going over Bonneville Dam every year. Um, After that, uh, I'm going to be transitioning up to the Cowlitz River up in Washington for summer run steelhead. I'm going to be doing that until about the middle of uh, August. And after that, I'm going to transition back down to the Columbia for fall run Chinook um, at the mouth of the Deschutes. And after that, I will be doing coho at the mouth of the click at that in October.
0: Wow, well you've got a full plate going on this year as far as what you're gonna be fishing for and where you're gonna be at.
2: Well, I I try to stay busy. <laughs>
0: there you go. Now so folks want if they're looking at their calendar and they're saying, Well geez, I think I want to catch up with you when you're when you're catching Summer Steelhead, uh I would I would call Mark now. I wouldn't wait until later because uh Mark was telling me before we started the call that uh, you know he doesn't have a whole lot of room left for walleye fishing, so you wouldn't want to miss out on a on a great trip this summer. So I would make sure that you give him a call.
2: Yeah, and the summer run steelhead that that is filling up uh, right now. I've got a a bunch of people that have been fishing with me for a long time, and uh, I I was going to Alaska during that time. They found out that I'm not going to Alaska anymore and going to be back on the Cowlitz. And, geez, uh, uh, the dates are filling up. So if you want to get in, please give me a call, and we'll get you out there.
0: Well, that's great. Well, Mark, any last words?
2: Looking to be a promising year. Uh, I'm really looking forward to really hitting the, the walleye, seen pretty hard this year. And uh, the summer run steelhead, the numbers are are looking like it's going to be a good year for, for the summer run. Um, and the salmon, fall chinook, uh, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. We'll, we'll put it that way.
0: Well, very good. Well, I think the one thing that if folks get out with you and they get some walleye, um, they absolutely, in my mind, are one of the best-tasting fish that you will get out of fresh water. I know a lot of people like salmon. I understand that. But when it comes to uh, fish that that move around in the area, they are delicious, and they're a very firm meat. So I hope you get a lot of folks out there, and you get you get a lot of fish. Well, Mark, I'd like to thank you for your time. Appreciate you coming on.
2: Well, thank you very much. It was a
0: pleasure. And there he goes. I'd like to thank Mark for his time. And, you know, when you contact Mark or fish fighter products let them know that you heard about them on talking bass in pdx well we're growing but we need some help we need to increase our audience size the last podcast we put out last month with will harris blew us off the charts we had the biggest number of downloads i've had since i started the podcast so please share the podcast on facebook or your favorite social media, and let others know about us that we can be heard on Spotify, Anchor FM, iTunes, iHeartRadio. As a matter of fact, we can be found on Google, and you can listen to us right on your laptop. So please, share the podcast with your friends. Well, I would like to thank Tech Rods for partnering with Talking Bass and PDX. For show ideas, feedback, email me at gonefishing.com pdx at gmail.com of course i get to read all of them and i would like to thank everybody until next time this has been don clark talking bass in pdx and i will see you on the backcast